Welcome to The Simple Business Show. I'm Nisha, business mentor, boat lifer, and 11-year traveling entrepreneur. I started my working life as a waitress in Pizza Hut and a retail worker selling men's underwear, built a freelance design business that allowed me to quit those jobs, and went on to build a six-figure business working three days a week and traveling the world. Now, I teach other freedom seekers how to build businesses that can make 5 to 10k a month without them working full-time hours or burning out. So far, I've helped over 1,500 students and clients build their life-first businesses. And I won't sugarcoat things, this does require time, effort and consistency. But it doesn't have to require unhealthy hustle, overwhelm and poor mental health. Life is for living. You're not meant to be wasting away at a nine to five that you don't even enjoy or feeling like an employee of your own business, working 90 hours a week just to escape working 40. That isn't freedom. So if you're ready to build a balanced and abundant online business, you're in the right place. Hey guys, what's up? I'm just back from my walk and feeling energized. It's actually a really sunny November day. So I did my walk, got my vitamin D, did some food shopping. And now I feel, and I talked to my BA as well. And now I feel like I am home and just ready to dive in to podcast batching. I'm going to try recording four episodes today. So this is the first one I'm recording. Um, and today I want, in this episode, I want us to chat about how I made $15,840 with seven Instagram reels and emails before my launch had officially even started. And I want to add a disclaimer that I think it's seven Instagram reels and emails, but I actually haven't literally counted. <laughs> but I think that's what it was. I think that's the number. Anyway, so we're going to do a bit of a launch review on how I made, if we're rounding up, how I made $16,000 from my waitlist before actually doing the launch. I want us to chat about why my actual launch itself flopped. So the pre-launch to the waitlist did really well. The launch itself was kind of a flop, so we can talk about that as well. Um, and I'll walk you through things that worked really well for me with the pre-launch to my waitlist, things that were challenging or I could have done better. And yeah, three things. I'm gonna go through about three things that I would recommend that everybody does in the launch. So let's dive in. I'm gonna start off by by telling you that life was seriously lifing during my actual launch. Um, and I laugh, but like, you know, sometimes you gotta laugh. But it wasn't it wasn't really a laughing matter. I had an unexpected funeral to go to, unexpected renovation issues that came up, and I also had a health scare. And so it was a very unexpected time and worrying time and stressful time and so yeah life was 
life was very much so lifing during my actual launch. So I didn't do the webinar launch that I had planned to do. I still sent the emails and I still made an audio training. It's basically another podcast episode, but I just made it more of a training style. So I made it really packed with value and longer than my usual episodes. So those are the two things that I did for the launch. And I did some Instagram stories and that was it. So I didn't do the launch that I actually wanted to do. But thankfully, before that, I did a pre-launch to my waitlist and made $15,840. So how? I'm going to walk you through three things. When I was doing my own review, I looked through and I was like, these three things really helped me. So the first thing was waitlist strategy. So three, about three, two to three months before the launch of my group coaching program, I actually think it was two months, not three. um, I started posting five reels a week, three months before the launch. But I think it was around actually two months before the launch that I started focusing on growing my waitlist. So I have a page on ConvertKit, a landing page where people can go to and they can just enter their name and email address and then they're added to my waitlist. And everyone who joins the waitlist for my coaching program, it's called the Simple Business Builder, they are the first people who get the chance to join and they got a very special bonus which was $500 off. So I started promoting that waitlist about two months out and I kept prompting people to join the waitlist in every email that I sent and I didn't just put a PS at the bottom of my email saying, PS, you know, if you're interested in learning how to book clients consistently and start scaling to 5k months working three days a week, join the waitlist for my program, I didn't put it in solely in the PS of the emails because I've noticed, especially over the last year or so, people's attention spans are just not what they used to be. We can thank TikTok for that. (laughs) We can thank TikTok, we we can thank Reels, we can thank YouTube Shorts for that. But yeah, so instead of just placing a PS, join the waitlist at the bottom of every, at the bottom of every email, I also placed it at the start of every email. So I would do a pre-PS and a a sentence or two about, you know, joining the waitlist. And then I would go into the actual email and I'd have another call to action in the email or at the bottom of it that would mention the waitlist again. Then I also would prompt people to join the waitlist in a lot of my Instagram posts. So the majority of my Instagram posts would lead people to join, um, to sign up for my free guidebook, which I'll talk to you about in a bit. But yeah, my CTA was always either sign up for my free guidebook or join my waitlist. And I use a automation tool called ManyChat so that when people comment with a special word, in my case, it was waitlist, then they automatically receive a DM with details about the program and a link to join the waitlist. So I started growing my waitlist that way and through my email list. 
And of course, I also added links to my waitlist anywhere else that I create content. So for me, it's this podcast. So in most of my, well, in all of my podcast episodes, as of the last two or so months, you'll see that there's a link below to join the waitlist. And I would usually mention the waitlist and why people should join in the episode as well. So this worked really well because it helped me start growing a waitlist of the people who are most interested in what I have to teach and in my program. And it also did the job of making people aware of the program before the program launches. Because I'm sure we have all heard the age old advice that you have to see something, you have to see an offer, I think it was eight times, correct me if I'm wrong, before or seven times something like that before someone actually starts to pay attention or actually buy the thing and I I would go as far as to say that nowadays with people's attention spans like they are and the amount of people more businesses online on social media it's probably much more people probably need to see or hear about your offer more than seven or eight times nowadays. Um, So that's just a a special note for anybody here who feels icky when they sell or feels like they're selling too much. Or maybe you've even been told by someone like, oh, you're selling too much. Really, I don't, I don't necessarily believe in selling too much. I think as long as you're, as long as you're providing value at the same time, then yeah, you're a business, so you you do need to show up and sell. And people are not just following you, they're following dozens, if not hundreds of other people and consuming dozens, if not hundreds of pieces of content every single day. So to them, they're not going to think to themselves, oh my goodness, she like talked about her service on Monday and she's talking about it again today. You know, my goal is with my content nowadays, If I am sharing an email where I'm selling, I also want that email to provide value at the same time. So that's why nowadays you'll often see if I share an email or a piece of content where I'm sharing a testimonial or a case study from one of my clients, I will also share something that is of value that that client learned from me and I'll share that for free in that piece of content so that you're not just being sold to you're learning something as well as long as you're providing value you can absolutely sell at the same time so that was a bit of a tangent but we're coming back to the actual uh, episode now so that was the first thing that I did that was very helpful it was very intentional which was building a waitlist secondly I, oh, actually, before I move on, I would say next time I, you know, next time I I launch this program, I will probably consider making the sales page a waitlist page, if that makes sense. So duplicating my sales page, but where the join buttons are, placing a waitlist, join the waitlist buttons instead, because At this moment in time, my waitlist page is a very simple landing page with a few sentences about what the program is and then an opt-in form for anybody who wants to join the waitlist and be the first to learn when doors open again. 
and get a special bonus for doing so. And um, yeah, I think that part of me thinks that was totally fine, but I also would like in the future to have the sales page um, where the waitlist buttons are and they replace the join now buttons simply because people can then read the sales page and get a really good feel for what the program is and whether it's for them long before doors actually open and then they can make a more informed and faster decision. So moving on to the second point, because there's three three things that I think helped me make that $15,840 from the pre-launch. The second thing is content strategy. So for me, my content strategy is Instagram posts, email marketing, and I personally have this podcast. My podcast is for building relationships with people already in my community. Um, So people might find me elsewhere on somebody else's podcast or on Instagram. And then when they listen to my podcast, my aim is to deepen and strengthen our relationship and help show them that they can trust me and why they can trust me. So that was just a side note. That's just to say, I'm not I'm not out here in my program recommending that everybody has a podcast. Absolutely have one if you want one, but that's not something that I teach. However, it is something that I have as part of my business because I enjoy podcasting as a way of strengthening relationships with my community. So for me, my content strategy is Instagram, email marketing and then I also have my podcast but Instagram is whenever I I poll people about where they found my brand Instagram is always number one so Instagram is where a lot of people find me and then email and my podcast is where I build my relationships with the people that have found me I strengthen those relationships and I sell So my Instagram content strategy, I posted five times a week for about three months. And to me, this felt sustainable because I batch content or I try to batch batch content. And I also, uh, I try and repurpose too. So if something has worked, I'm like, okay, cool. I will repost that or I will tweak that, tweak the wording, um, or, you know, I'll just change the the video and use the same words. There's a whole multitude of ways that you can repurpose. So I posted five times a week for about three months. I am thinking about reevaluating whether this is still sustainable or whether to go down to four posts a month. But for now, I feel like five is fine. So step one, what I do when I'm creating Instagram content is I make a folder or I have a folder, I should say, on Instagram and it's called content inspiration. So this is where I send, this is where I save, I should say, viral content that I can adapt to my niche. Step two is I look at their hooks, the style of their reel and the lengths of their reels, and I use that to create my content. So before I move on, I do quickly wanna say, this is not the same as copying people's content. Getting inspiration and copying are two different things. And I understand how some new business owners in particular get confused, but this is how I see it. So content inspiration is when you are 
using a hook that somebody else used. A hook, a hook, by the way, is like the first sentence of the reel. And then you have a secondary hook, which is the first sentence of your caption. So these two things, it's the culture on Instagram and in Instagram marketing to look around at what hooks are working best for other people and then use those hooks yourself, but with your own content. So you can look at people's hooks and you can use those. You can look at their style of reel and the topic for inspiration, but copying someone's post, even if you've changed a few words and sentences to quote unquote, make it your own, is not okay. And that's not the same as gaining inspiration. The way that I try and look at it is if I can read your post or watch your reel and instantly recognize it as somebody else's, then that's a copy and it's not inspired by somebody else's. And the only way really around this, I mean, I wouldn't, I personally just do not recommend like copying people's posts, but just changing some words or changing a sentence or two, um, because it's just not really good enough. And it's not the kind of reputation you want to build for your brand but if you do find yourself creating a post and you feel you've made it your own but it's still quite um it's still it's still quite similar to the original that you gained that you used as inspiration then in that situation credit the person as your inspiration in the caption There's absolutely nothing wrong with crediting whoever you gain the inspiration from, especially if that person is in the same niche as you. Um, And I know that there's there's probably some people out there that are like, yeah, but what if people go and follow her instead of me? I just personally think that's not the right way to, it's not the healthiest way to look at things. There are enough followers, clients and income for all of us and we need to stop viewing other women as competition or as threats especially if you've used their content to inspire yours if it's still very similar to what that person posted the very least that you can do is credit them as the inspiration within your caption anyway rant over That's what I do. I have a content inspiration folder. I look for hooks and styles of real, uh, real lengths. And then I add my own insights to that. You know, I, I make it my own. I add my own advice. And then step three is I consistently check my insights inside of Instagram so that I can keep creating more of what works for my audience. Because it's all fine and dandy using other people's viral reels as content inspiration but their audience is not your audience so do that but also remember to consistently check your insights and see what is it that my audience resonates with the most and then lean into content more content on those topics and with those kinds of you know hooks and and so on and although as I mentioned, although I use viral reels as a blueprint for my hooks and things, my main goal was not to go viral. Although I did have a post that went viral, but my main goal was not to go viral. It was to convert. 
So there are different types of content. Not every single piece of content needs to go viral. There are some pieces that are just for your audience because the goal is to convert your audience or the goal is to develop trust with your audience. Not every piece of content has to go viral. And then step three, this is something I, something I'm super, super glad that I did. This is possibly the thing that I am most happy I did in my pre-launch and this was a survey strategy so after the pre-launch i send a survey to everyone who didn't join and i ask what their hesitations were why didn't they join and this allows me to do market research and reach out to those people personally soothe the hesitation or objection that they had around joining if i can obviously sometimes it it might be that it might be a case of like me honoring that objection um but if i can soothe it i will do that this there are cases where people say you know it wasn't clear how many people are going to be in this program for instance that's something that one person said and that's something that i can reach out to that person and address so it allowed me to do the market research and see why aren't people joining the program what improvements can i make and then also reach out, address their hesitation, and then give them one final limited time chance to join the program at the waitlist price before the price increased. Because for me, my price increased by $500 after the uh, pre-launch. So everyone on my waitlist had the chance to join at a much lower price point. So I sent that survey out. I also gifted everyone who filled it out with a free bonus training from inside the program and I gained two clients after this survey so it proved to me that this is something that you can actually do to you know increase sales of whatever it is you're selling get more clients but more importantly it's a way to find out why people aren't hiring you And then from that point on, in your next launch or the next time you run a campaign or a special offer, you can then implement any changes based on that feedback so that hopefully you increase your conversion rate the next time that you run an offer like this. Now, obviously, I'm not going to go too deeply into anything else like my best performing emails or the small things that made a really big difference or the best performing Instagram stories and so on. Because if you're inside of the Simple Business Builder, I'm actually at the end of the program going to give you these things in a training all about launches and offers. So this isn't something that I promoted specifically on the sales page. It's something I wanted to be more of a surprise for the clients that join the program. So if you are one of those clients and you're hearing it now, then the cat's out of the bag, but some of you might not hear it. um, So it will will still be a surprise. But yeah, I'm going to be saving all of the nitty gritty details for the clients in my program. But to round out this episode, I do want to end on, on a couple of things that I feel worked very well and a couple of things that were challenging or could have been done better. So... For me, a few things that worked very well were that I didn't try to convince people to join 
once they'd reached out and asked a question. I know that some entrepreneurs, you know, do follow up quite a lot. Um, there are some people with quite, I'm going to say aggressive, but I don't mean that in a horrible way. What works for you works for you. But um, some people, yeah, are quite aggressive in the following up. And, and some people feel pressured sometimes and therefore that's why I think a lot of people are hesitant to actually reach out to coaches or service providers and ask more about whatever it is that they're selling because they're worried that they're going to be sold to or pressured to join and that's never going to be the case with me. I don't enjoy pressuring people. I know people don't enjoy being pressured, so I'm not going to try and pressure or convince them. If someone asks me a question, I answer the question. I try to help address and soothe their hesitation in case that's what they need. And then I let them make up their own mind and let them know that me and my assistant are here for them if they need any more help. And that's it. I, um, I don't, you know, keep badgering them, keep following up with them um, and so on. That's just something that I like to do in my business and I found that that worked very well in this pre-launch. I also did a fast action bonus, that's another thing that worked very well. So I gave people the opportunity to uh, get a fast action bonus because I like rewarding the people in my community who are action takers And that resulted in three people joining the program within 15 minutes of the cart opening. Those three people also happen to follow me on Instagram and are always in my DMs and, you know, were messaging me in the weeks before the pre-launch saying they couldn't wait to join. They've never been so excited to spend money and, and so on. So it was, it was really great to see that my Instagram strategy is working and that the fast action bonus did its job as well because three people joined in 15 minutes. Challenges and things that I could have done better. I decided with this program to do a no refund policy because the program is live and you know it's, it's my time and, and so on. So with coaching, I've always done a no refund policy. So with this program, I decided to do the same thing. And it's something I'm kind of curious about doing with my courses too, but I haven't made that decision yet. And I wasn't sure if I'm being honest, if the policy would hinder sales or not, but I looked at the conversion rate, my waitlist conversion rate, is still above average so it doesn't seem like it hindered it that badly and also I did look out to see if anybody who filled in the why didn't you join survey said anything about the refund policy and although I haven't read every single response to the survey I read about 12 to 15 and nobody said anything so I'm pretty sure that it didn't hinder sales very much, but I am curious if more clients would have joined if there was a policy and they felt like there was less risk. I would never do a refund policy for an entire coaching program because like I said, it's a live program, it's my time. Um, And once you've gained someone's time, it does not make sense to get a refund. But I do 
kind of like the idea of giving a refund policy something along the lines of you know after your first seven days or after the first call if you're really feeling this isn't for you then you can reach out and get a refund that's something I am considering but we'll see like I said this didn't seem to hinder my sales at all people didn't seem to have a problem with it at all so that is just something that I'm gonna think about some more in the future um like I mentioned earlier life was lifing that's another challenge that I went through with this launch life was life lifing um and so I didn't fully go go through with the launch I wanted to do a webinar or a challenge and I didn't I wanted to do an ad and I didn't and that definitely impacted the way that the actual launch itself went um I also feel I need to schedule more in advance because I scheduled the waitlist pre-launch in advance but I didn't schedule much of the launch itself so this this was a mistake definitely because usually I'm a very pre-scheduled girl and you've got to maintain I was going to say stream you've got to maintain steam when it comes to doing launches and offers and the best way to maintain that is to be able and, and to be able to show up consistently over those weeks of a launch the best way to maintain your energy and you showing up is by scheduling as much as possible in advance planning and scheduling and I didn't do a good enough job of, of this with the actual launch itself thankfully I did with the pre-launch and so I'm very grateful that I did that but in the future I'm going to schedule even more in advance than I did with this and I'm going to make sure that I have scheduled not just emails but I've given myself enough time to create the webinar and be fully prepared with this to create the ads be fully prepared with that um yeah and just just be more prepared for the actual launch next time but I'm very very happy with how the pre-launch went I really didn't need or want a group program with a hundred people in it or hundreds of people in it I know that I've talked about this a number of times before both with my program clients and on Instagram but I just don't feel the need to be a multi-millionaire girl boss um, or run a program with loads and loads of people in it. So because I don't need that, I was still very happy with enough, which is the amount of people that joined this round. One change I'm definitely going to make during my next launch though is I'm going to call this what it is, which is a mastermind. It's not a group coaching program per se. I mean, everyone's going to have their own take on this, I think. But in my mind, a mastermind is a small and intimate group of people. And I think from a lot of community members that I spoke to, um during the launch a lot of them said to me you know I don't necessarily want to join a program with hundreds of people in it 
because I don't feel seen or heard. I don't get answers in the community or um, it's not the coach that's actually even in the community. It's a sub coach. And I think, you know, those programs can be incredibly good and incredibly helpful. Um, But I don't want people to presume that this is that because it definitely isn't and when I used the term group program I think that a lot of people thought of something like that with hundreds of people inside or at least like a lot of people inside and so I think maybe next time I'll call it a mastermind and keep it to a small number but we will see. So that's it today for the review of my pre-launch and my launch. If you found it helpful, I would really appreciate it if you'd leave a five-star rating or review on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify, because you can leave star ratings on Spotify now. So I'd really appreciate five stars from you if you got something from today's episode. And if you're interested in joining the Simple Business Builder next time doors open, go ahead and make sure that you join the waitlist because you'll be the person, you know, you'll be in with the chance of joining first. And I do cap, I do limit the amount of spots in the program. So if you want to definitely secure your spot, then you've got to join the waitlist. And I also do like to give my waitlist like a bonus for when they join the program. So if you are interested, do get on the waitlist. And other than that, I will love and leave you. Enjoy the rest of your week and we will chat in the next episode. <laughs>